Good morning. Well, glad that you are here to gather to worship, hear from God's Word today. We are starting a series called Family Foundation, and we are looking at the foundation of our homes as followers of Jesus Christ. Um, this series will have some practical help for all of us who are, who are um, part of a family. If you're someone's child, there will be some help for you. That, that includes all of us. <laughs> um, but if you're married, there will be some practical help. If you're a parent, there will also be some help as we just look at the life of a church body and what role does the church body play in the life of our families and how can we come together as a church body to strengthen families within our church. There's some of you who uh, maybe you don't have family, immediate family here in town, um, but there are, there are people in this church who need some adopted aunts and uncles and grandparents and mentors and spiritual fathers and mothers in their life, and we can be a spiritual family together. Now, there will be some practical advice, but this series is not just about practical advice for families. You could get some good books, and you could listen to some good podcasts, and you could get some good advice on how to be a better husband or a better wife or a better mom or dad or grandparent. And those things are good and helpful, but we're going to look a little deeper than just practical help, and we're going to look at the foundation of our families. Because if the foundation is not right, right, then the, then the building can't be right, then the house can't be right, then the family can't be right. Uh, Arthur is going to be planning a church in Sanford at the beginning of 2022. And uh, I heard Arthur talking recently about uh, the, the downtown Sanford area. There's a lot of kind of revitalization going on in that area. They're, they're kind of fixing up the downtown. And there's lots of these old houses um, right there off of the downtown strip in Sanford. Some of these old, uh, you know, craftsman-style bungalows and these American four-square houses and these Victorian houses uh, that are really, really cool-looking older houses. And he was talking uh, at, at a meeting to a guy who does a lot of renovation and, and rehab of those older homes. And Arthur said, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. How hard is it to, to, re, to redo these houses? And he said, well, if the foundation is good, then we can do it. You know, if the foundation is good, then, then we can fix any other problems. But if the foundation is bad, then we just have to tear the whole thing down and start over. Because the foundation is vital. The foundation is important. And if, if we don't have the foundation right, then whatever we build will not be right. And as we think about our church, as we think about our lives as individuals, as we think about our families, we want to have a solid understanding of foundation. God... Uh, makes it really clear that family is important to him. And look, this is, a, this is a series about family. This is gonna be about our marriages and about our parenting and again, about our church and how we support and strengthen families. And I, and I know that not everybody in here uh, is, is married or has kids. And so I don't wanna alienate anyone this morning 
Scripture makes it really clear that God calls some people to singleness. In fact, Paul in the New Testament says, I wish all of y'all would be single because you could get more done than if you just worried about taking care of your family all the time. And so I, I, I don't want you to think that we're somehow um, you know, calling you out as, as not as important or less than as we talk about family. Uh, but Scripture also makes it really clear that, that family our homes, our our marriages, and our parenting are vitally important. Family is the first institution initiated by God in Scripture when when God saw Adam and said, man, that is not good that he's alone. I I need to hook him up with somebody. And so he, he created Eve and he put them together and he said, the two shall become one. And we're gonna talk about that more next week. And then they had sons, Cain and Abel, and immediately we see conflict within the family relationship. And another son, Seth. Scripture gives us instructions on how we parent. Every time we do a baby dedication here in church, we read out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, where Scripture says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and teach your children to do the same, and he gives practical advice. Talk about it when you lie down and when you get up. Talk about it along the way when you sit down, when you get up. Scripture gives instructions for us in our parenting. Scripture gives instructions to children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I love that one. Honor your father and your mother. It's, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's the only one that comes with a promise, and your days will be long upon the earth, or, or things will go well for you. Gives instructions to husbands and wives many times in the New Testament. Wives, honor your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Ephesians tells us to submit to one another. Gives instructions on how, as a church, we come together. Uh, In some of Paul's letters, he says, uh, older women help the younger women learn how to be the people that God has called them to be. And older men invest in the younger men. It's this picture of discipleship and mentoring in our church family to strengthen our nuclear families. Scripture talks a lot about family and And it's important, and so we will give some practical advice in the next few weeks, but really we want to lay a foundation that we can build our families upon. And so today we're going to do that. So next week we'll look at Christ-honoring marriages, and in week three we'll talk about raising kids who put their hope in Christ. In week four we'll talk about the role of the church in our families, and in week five, the last Sunday in March, we'll have a special guest speaker to help wrap up our series on family. Today we want to start with foundation. We all know that foundation is important, but I I pulled up a couple pictures to help us kind of visualize it, okay? So here's the first one. This is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Everybody's heard of this. You know, when you were in history class, you learned about the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And when I was a kid, I thought they just built this thing crooked. And some of you are going, oh, they didn't just build it crooked? (laughs) It's a foundation problem. They built this tower to be part of this, um, to, to be part of this church complex, this cathedral complex. 
but the soil was soft and they didn't make the foundation thick enough and over time the thing started to lean. And they went in and they tried to fix it and then it started leaning the other way and, and now they've put all kinds of effort into fixing the foundation of this leaning tower but the reason that tower leans is because the foundation was no good. So if you thought it was just built to lean, now you know it was a foundation issue. In the state of Florida, we have sinkholes, right? I mean, the ground can just give out underneath a building. This is, this is a home here in central Florida, and, and the ground just gave out. I, I, there's a stove down there in the bottom of the pit. The ground just gives out. The foundation has to be solid, And sometimes, even when we think our foundation is solid, the ground can still give out from under us. We have to have a solid foundation. If we're going to have strong families, we must have a solid foundation. And so we're going to look at some scripture this morning. We're going to look at three different passages, and and they they each kind of tell a story about, about building about building homes and about building lives and building our families. And so why don't you stand up with me as we read this first passage together out of Psalm 127. We're going to read five verses out of Psalm 127. I'll read it out loud and you can follow along there. It's written by Solomon, King Solomon, who, by the way, was the greatest, one of the greatest builders in the history of the nation of Israel. He built the temple Solomon writes this in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchmen stay alert in vain. In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, the Lord gives sleep to the one he loves. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. God, strengthen us by your word this morning. Encourage us through your word this morning. Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. Lord, encourage those here this morning who need to be encouraged by your word. Challenge those that need to be challenged. Draw those near to you who are far away this morning through the power of your living word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, you can have a seat. Solomon starts off and says, unless the Lord builds a house, its labors, its, its builders labor over it in vain. In this, in this picture, um, we're told that, that the Lord must build the house, but we're also told that, that we labor along with him. Now, if we labor on our own and in our own strength, then it's vanity, then it's a waste of time. But if he is the one master builder and we are coming alongside him and following his direction, then he will build a house that will last. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. He he says, in vain you get up early and stay up late 
working hard to figure it all out. Any parents relate to those sleepless nights? Yeah, right? There's sleepless nights in the early days of parenting, and then when your kids become teenagers, there's some more sleepless nights. It's just for different reasons. And then when they move out of the house, you know, there's some sleepless nights there too as we want the best for our families. And Solomon says, look, you can stay up all night, but unless the Lord is doing the work, those sleepless nights are also in vain, a waste of time. He says, sons are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons of one's youth. We have a, a Bible study class on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock that's going through different marriage and family principles. It's led by um, Mike and Kelly Schellenberger and Jason and Tony Vincent. In fact, we've got a new class starting up pretty soon, and we'll give you some more information on that. But um, I guess it's been a little over a year. It was pre-COVID. And uh, they started a series on family, and it, and it took this idea of, of our children being like arrows. And it talked about how a warrior would, would shape and and straighten and work on these arrows. This picture of our, our parenting, how we invest in and work on and strengthen our kids. They shape and we sharpen. By the way, that class is an incredible resource that I hope some of you will take advantage of in the days ahead. The last verse says, happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. A quiver is the, is the thing that you put your arrows in, by the way. I know that's a weird word. We don't really use that a lot. But happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. Brooke and I have worked hard to fill our quiver with, <laughs> with arrows. Our four kids, Carly and Bailey and Jeremy and David, and we have an announcement to make. We are done filling our quiver <laughs> with arrows. Actually, re- recently, Brooke said to me, I kind of have the baby bug. I just, you know, I, and, and I said, well, hey, babe, we're going to open up the baby nursery again, and I can get you a shift. You know, you could do that every week if that, you know, we'll invite some people over that have babies. You can hold babies and sniff babies and change diapers <laughs> to your heart's content. But children are an incredible blessing But here's the bottom line of what Solomon is telling us in this passage. I mean, it starts in verse one. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor over it in vain. Trying to build a strong family without the Lord is a waste of time. That is a bold statement. It's what Solomon is telling us. He says, look, if you want to build a strong family, if you want to build a strong home without the Lord, then you are wasting your time. Now, let me qualify that statement. If you don't believe in the Lord, then you certainly wouldn't see that as a waste of time. A lot of us look around and we have friends who are not believers, who are not people of faith, and we say, well, you know, they have a pretty good family. I mean, they're, you know, they've got good kids and they seem to have a good relationship. Doesn't seem like they're wasting their time. So 
how do we understand this statement that Solomon very clearly makes? Well, we have to understand um, and believe that there is a God and there is eternal life. We have to believe and understand that there is a God who is the creator and sustainer of all things and that there is eternal life. Because, as Jesus says in the Gospels, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? That certainly applies to our families as well. And we might build a great life here on earth. We might build a family name. We might build a legacy. But one day it will all be over. My grandpa and grandma are an incredible couple. He's 93 and she's 95. They've been married for over 70 years. I am so grateful to have them in my life. It's an incredible picture of God's grace. They're getting close to 100, guys. <laughs> and as sad as it is, the truth is, one day their life will be over. And their marriage of 70 plus years will eventually be forgotten in time. It will always be a, a heritage and a legacy for me, will be for my kids. But three generations, four generations, five generations, six generations down the road, do you really think anybody's going to remember you? <laughs> you might even make it into a history book. But Scripture is really clear that life is a vapor, that it's a mist. Jesus told us, look, don't boast about tomorrow. You don't, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And we have to understand in our lives individually that there is eternity, but we have to understand in our homes and our families that there is eternity. And we have got to look towards eternity. And so when Solomon says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain, he's not just talking about having an Instagram-worthy family. He's not just talking about filling a photo album with great memories He's talking about eternity. And parents, the greatest thing that you can do for your kids is to give them the truth that there is an eternity. And what they do with Jesus matters. So Solomon says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it, Labor in vain. I mean, it could be a really great looking house. But one day, if it's only based in this temporary world that we live in, it'll be gone. 
the Lord must build the house. And if we're trying to build our homes and our families without him, we're wasting our time. We have to invest in things that are eternal, not just temporary things. It's true in every facet of our life, but especially our homes. The statistics in church life are pretty discouraging. Statistically, um, four out of five kids, four out of five kids who grow up in a church in a Christian family will, will walk away from church. Some of them will walk away from faith altogether. Some of them will walk away from church and they'll still call themselves Christians but they're not involved in a community of faith. That just means that their kids will walk away from faith even if they didn't because their kids will have no foundation. That's, that's just the real statistics. Some of you have experienced that and I know that your heart is broken over that and I know that you're praying for your kids. But man, we have got to invest in what is eternal. Let's put it another way by looking at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 25. Jesus, you know this passage. We sang this passage this morning. Jesus says at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Continues, the rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. The foundation in this passage is the teachings of Jesus Christ. The foundation is, is Jesus Christ in this passage. By the way, Jesus makes it really clear that there will be rain and there will be storms and there will be difficult times. He even says, they pounded that house. <laughs> Doesn't just say that, you know, it rained, the wind blew. It says, the winds blew and the rains came and the rivers rose and they pounded that house. And there will be some pounding <laughs> in your life. And some of you have experienced seems like more than your fair share. And by building our foundation on Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean that everything's gonna be rainbows and cupcakes. That's, that's not what it means at all. Jesus makes it really clear. There will be tough days there will be days in your marriage where, where you just want to walk up and give away and, and, and there will be marriages that will fall apart and that will break. There will be days as you're raising kids that, that you don't know what to do and you just throw up your hands. There will be days of sickness There will be days when one of your children is sick. There will be some who may lose a child to death. 
There will be some who suffer from incredibly difficult circumstances that is no fault of their own. Because those things are true, we have got to have a solid foundation, an eternal foundation. To have Christ as the foundation of our homes doesn't just mean that we do some Christian activities. If you listen to Z88.3 in your car because it's safe for the little ears in the back seat, that's great. <laughs> Positive hits. That, that's good. But that doesn't mean Christ is the foundation of your home. You might have some Christian t-shirts. You might go to Hobby Lobby and get some of those Bible verse artworks to put on your wall. Maybe the words of a hymn. You might pray before every meal. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Christ is the foundation of your home. We make a lot of things our foundation that are not Christ. And, and there are some things that make really lousy foundations, so I just want to give you three really lousy foundations really quick, okay? Your spouse is a lousy foundation for your life, for your family. Anybody ever been let down by their spouse before? It's okay, Brooke, you can raise your hand too. <laughs> But if we're being honest, we do that sometimes. We have these expectations. Those things are hard to live up to. If they would just do this, if they would just do this, if they would just stop doing that, then everything would be okay. Your kids, they make a really lousy foundation for your family too. By the way, your spouse and your kids, they were not created to be the foundation of your home. In fact, if you try to make them the foundation of your home, what you'll end up doing is crushing them. If you try to put them at the bottom, so uh, in our house, especially when the kids were littler, um, we would do big family dog piles. And I would, I would be on the bottom, and then, you know, then we would line up from there. By, Brooke never participated. She just took the pictures and made sure nobody fell off the top of the pile. But if I took my son David, when he was one or two years old, and put him on the bottom and then stacked my son Jeremy on top of him, and then stack Bailey on top of him, and then stack Carly on top of him, and then I just jumped on the top. That would not be good, guys. We only tried it once, and we never did it. I'm kidding, we didn't. 
But there's sometimes when we try to make our kids the center of our life, the foundation of our life, we expect them to hold all of our hopes and dreams in their hands. We have big dreams for them. And our big dreams turn into our hopes. And not just like, I I hope you do great. I mean, like that when we talk about Christ as our hope in life and death, we've made our kids our hope in life and death. Man, that doesn't work. The American dream makes a lousy foundation for our families as well, keeping up with the neighbors. You know, all of the things. Well, they just got a new car. Man, our car is really bad looking. We probably need a new car. We can't afford a new car. Yeah, but. <laughs> they, they even have, my kid's a honor roll student, bumper sticker on the back of their car. How do we get one of those? Their kid's in Soccer and lacrosse and basketball and football and origami class and ballet. and Like, they're in everything. I got to get my kids in more stuff. And we begin this cycle where we're trying to keep up with society's expectations and our neighbor's expectations and Instagram's expectations and all of the mommy blogs that we read expectations. And man, we've made it our hope and we feel like we don't measure up and it's soul crushing. And when those things become our foundation... When we get pounded, our families can't withstand it. Difficulty will come, and we have to have a solid foundation. So let's look at it one more way to close. Out of Colossians 1, 16 and 17, where it tells us everything was created by him, that is Jesus Christ, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. He is before all things And by him, all things hold together. This picture of Jesus being before all things means that he has to be the foundation. Or to say it another way, he has to be the center. He he has to be the bottom. If he's going to hold all things together, he can't just be a bystander. He can't just be a framed piece of artwork on the wall He can't just be the radio station that we listen to. He can't just be the thing that we do, you know, on Sundays for a little bit. He has to be the center. He has to be the foundation. This is a 
this will be familiar to many, but I, I just have a little slide here. So this is the family circle. You got Brooke and Dustin and Carly and Bailey and Jeremy and David. And a lot of times when we think about having a Christian home, we think, okay, well, let's add Jesus to the mix. And so we put Jesus in there, and now he's part of the family too. But what's the center? What, what's the core? What's the foundation? Well, we all kind of fight over who gets to be the center. <laughs> On Sundays, we make Jesus the center. Every once in a while, when we remember to do family devotions. But Scripture tells us that Jesus must be the center. He has to be the center of our homes. He has to be the center of our families. He has to be the foundation. The next few weeks, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. How do we flesh this out? But let me give you three things to wrap up today. How do we allow the Lord to build our families? How do we allow Christ to be the foundation of our families? How do we allow Christ to be the center of our lives? This is all the same concept. He's the builder, he's the foundation, he's the center. This is all about having Christ-centered, Christ-founded homes. And here's the first thing. Pray for it. Pray for it. Most of us probably pray for our families. But I want to challenge us this week. Families, I want to challenge you this week to pray specifically that Christ would be the center and the foundation of your home. Pray for it. Lord, be the center and the foundation of our home. Help us to take away things that we are trying to build our life on so that you can be the center and the foundation of our home. Let's pray for it. Let's ask God for it. As Rick said a minute ago, it's a dangerous thing to pray, God, make us more desperate for prayer. And this could be a dangerous prayer as well. Because there might be some things that you have invested in, that you have allowed to be the center, that you have made the foundation, that, that you've got to change. But let's pray and ask him, Lord, be the center, be the foundation of our lives. And then let's prepare for it. Let's prepare for it. Let's study and let's grow and let's, let's allow people into our lives to help us and to encourage us. Told you a, a, a few minutes ago, we, we've got a class on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. It's led by the Schellenbergers and the Vincents. There's also an online Zoom option if you want to jump in there. They're going to be starting a new, series, a new class in a few weeks uh, called Building Marriages That Will Last. And that for some of us, that would be a great place to jump in. As we pray and we prepare for Christ to be the center of our lives. Some of you, you know, it, it might be really good if you found a mentor couple. Next week, I'm going to, we're going to do a fun little thing and kind of identify people in different stages of marriage. But just let me do this really quick. 
How many couples in this church have been married for 50 plus years? How many couples in this church have been married for 50 plus years? Do y'all see this? Like that's a lot of people. Like you don't just find people who have been married for 50 years anywhere. But there's some people in this room who they've got some stuff to say. (laughs) And how do you allow those people and those voices into your life? We've got, a, we've got some books out in the lobby. It's called Family Discipleship. It's a book written by Matt Chandler, and, and it just helps us build a framework for family discipleship in our lives. They cost us $20, and if you can help us cover the cost, then that would be great. Now, if you want the book and you can't help us cover the cost, then just take a book. But, but how do we prepare? How do we, how do we equip ourselves can find people that'll invest in us, classes, books. It's not just gonna happen, guys. It's not just gonna happen. And then here's the last thing. Pray for it, prepare for it, but then practice it. Practice it. We gotta live it out. We have to live it out. If we begin to pray and God begins to convict us or challenge us or, 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 or move us towards something, then we have to do something about it. We have to take action. We have to take a step. So this morning, here's what I want us to, to know. Unless the Lord builds the house... The builders labor in vain. We cannot build strong families without the Lord. And if we try, we're wasting our time, Scripture tells us. There will be winds, there will be storms, there will be rivers that will pound on your homes and on your families. And if you don't have Christ as the foundation, then it will all fall down. But, Matthew 7 tells us, if we'll build our house, our families, our homes on the rock of Jesus Christ, then we will stand. (laughs) Maybe barely, but we will stand. And Colossians chapter one tells us that in him all things are held together and have their being. And here's the thing. If Jesus Christ can hold the universe together, he can hold your families together. And so how do we make him the center of our lives? So I wanna invite you to stand up with me. And today I just wanna ask you to pray, to pray for it, to pray that Christ would be the center, the foundation. And this week, I want to ask you every day this week, every day this week, pray for it. If you're married, pray with your spouse. If you're a single parent, pray for your kids and pray with your kids. 
Moms and dads, pray with your kids. Let them be a part of this prayer. If you have, if you're a grandparent, if you have kids who are raising their own kids, pray for your kids. Pray for your grandkids. If you're single, pray for the families in this church. If you desire to be married one day, pray for the spouse that God will one day bring you. But let's all pray for this. And as we pray, let's begin to prepare and ask God, God, I I need a mentor couple in my life. Would you bring the right people into my life? Would you, Lord, allow me to get plugged into this class. Use these resources in my life. Let's, Let's pray and let's prepare and then we'll begin to live it out together. By the way, this coming Friday, moms and dads, We've got a date night. It's free. Come drop your kids off. Go go to dinner somewhere and and talk about how you're going to do this together, how you're going to live this out together. Or maybe don't go out to dinner. Just go sit in the park somewhere and pray. He has to be the foundation. He has to, or we're wasting our time. So as we sing this song, Jesus at the center of it all. I want to invite some of you to come pray today. You could come up here to the front and pray. You could pray right where you're at. I like to come up to the front and pray because there's something about stepping out of my comfort zone. It's a physical, uh, it's a physical expression of a, of, a, of a spiritual thing that's happening in my life. And so maybe some of you would want to step out and pray. If you want someone to pray with you, there will be folks who would be willing to pray with you this morning. But as God moves in your heart, I invite you to move. So Lord, be the center. Be the center. Be the center of our lives, of our families, of this church. Be glorified and honored. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.